Welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. <laughs> today we have a special uh, guest coming on today. Uh, an old friend of mine named Jeff Gibson from Shawnee Mission West High School. We graduated together back in 1987. Jeff went by Gibby, and I think I just went by Tim. In high school, I just went by Tim, and uh, Jeff Gibson went by Gibby. So he's married to a beautiful young woman named Stacy, and I'm getting ready to call her because she used to be a Mormon, and we're going to talk about some stuff with her. So let's give Stacy a call here. Can you hear me? Stacy, welcome to the Timmy Gibson show. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Oh my gosh. Doing really well. It's uh it's an overcast rainy day, which is my favorite. Not every day, but I like it when we when we have the clouds and the thunder and the storms. Same and, here. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It, yeah, it's very relaxing, very refreshing. And uh, I'm sitting here in front of the window, just watching. I live down on the plaza in a, I'm on the seventh floor. So I kind of overlook oh, nice. the plaza and overlook brush Creek. And it's just, you know, drizzly and thundery. And anyway, I love it. Well, I'm, I, well, I'm not looking over something. I'm just looking out my window and the clouds are like black. Oh, oh, so you got, <laughs> oh, so we have the same kind of weather going yeah, on. And you're, where are you at? You're in Arizona. Yeah, we're in Scottsdale, Arizona. Scottsdale, Arizona. Very cool. I have a buddy from uh, Bible College that lives there. His name's Brad Larson. I think he pastors a church there or wait. did. Yeah. Oh, well, wait, Jeff knows the Larson, but his name's not Brad Larson. <laughs> okay. I'd say Brad. And what uh, funny thing, if you ever met Brad Larson, you would remember him because he looks like a, a little bit of a smaller version of uh, Tony Robbins. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Like, like you would, if he said he was that, that was his brother, you'd be like, oh, well, of course you guys look so much alike. Yeah. And, and Brad's kind of big too. Like he's a bigger guy. He's not as big as, as uh, Tony, but anyway, oh, he's monstrous. <laughs> oh, he's, that's what I've heard. I, I heard he's just ginormous. I have a buddy that went to one of his, uh, weekend fire walking events and he's like, he is a giant. He's a force. He is a force. He's, I've seen him one time years ago. He's huge. <laughs> he has this voice. Ugh. That's what you did. You go to one of his events, or? Well, he Mark Victor Hansen. I don't know if you know him. He wrote like Chicken Soup for the Soul and all those books. Yep, I do. My mom used to work for him, and really? so I, he was a family friend growing up. And okay. uh, so I went to something where he was at, and I just saw a bleep of Tony Robbins. But it was an event that they were at together. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah, Probably. Chicken Soup for the Soul did pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> Chicken soup for the everything. He did all the souls. Oh, I know. He did chicken. <laughs> yeah. Chicken soup for f everything. Like you name the topic. He fucking did a chicken soup for the whatever for it. <laughs> well, that's really cool. Well, Stacy, I, before I called you, I got on here and just said a little bit about how, how I knew you that, that Gibby, Jeff Gibson, your husband was mm -hmm. a friend of mine in, well, shoot, we, we go all the way back to, uh, Broadmoor Junior High. I don't. I'm sure he would remember this, but I'll tell you what. There's a lot of things I love about about your hubby, 
But one of the things is in his old age, he's gotten sweet because I remember last time I saw him, he said, he goes, I, I was, I was nice to you. Wasn't I? I was, I treated you good in high school. Didn't I? <laughs> and I said, oh, Jeff, I go, dude, no, you didn't. No, I'm teasing. I said, Jeff, we were fucking teenagers. So like it, no, I don't have any recollection of you being treating me in any kind of a poor way. Uh, I said, but I, I appreciate the, but he was a badass. <laughs> yeah. His tenderness is, is in his old age is sweet. I think we all get a little bit, well, hopefully we all get a little bit more tender and, and, uh, reflective as we, as we age. And, and I saw that in, in Jeff when he asked me that. Absolutely. He <laughs> definitely is. He definitely has <laughs> definitely different from the the first guy I met. <laughs> oh, geez. Yeah. No, I mean, I have memories Isn't of Jeff, funny? but yeah. yeah, I mean, he was a, he was a, he was a, he was a jock, you know, he was the, you know, he was in that jock crowd and, uh, you know, he sat on the far end of the bridge in the jock click area, <laughs> but I roamed and I think, Je I, you know, at least my recollection, you know, revisionist history, like my idea of what, what high school was like, I was friends with everybody. Like I, I was friends with, you know, of course, Gibby, I was friends with the, the drama people like Paul Rudd. Then I was friends with the fucking pot, pot smokers like Steve York. I mean, I was just like, <laughs> I was friends with everybody. I was no respecter of people even back then. So Isn't yeah. that funny. And I've met all, a lot of those people too. It's funny to see that like Steve York and I haven't met Paul Rudd, but Mandy's his sister I met and. So I get all the stories that like you were telling me, like all about what they all did in high school. It's so funny. Oh, I feel like I, you know, I get the, all the scoop whenever I see everybody. Yeah, you definitely. Yeah. I mean, and I, this is true of all of us uh, for me, for sure. I mean, <laughs> who I was when I was fucking 18 compared to who I am now as a 50 year old, you know, it's like, Oh my what? goodness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, it, it's crazy to think that, you know, think back at such a, I was such a timid, you know, unconfident individual, you know? Sure. And how did you guys case. meet? We, so my parents moved, I grew up in California and, okay. um, my parents moved to Arizona like in 91. And I was at that time, like in Utah going to school Which we're at BYU get to that. And, a, yeah. and a, a community college. And, um, Anyways, my parents happened to live in an apartment um, that Jeff lived at because they um, were, they always kind of struggled financially and they, they had all crammed them in the three bedroom apartment, all the kids. And I was kind of visiting. I happened to run into him at the pool and he thought I was like 15 and I wasn't. And it's kind of a funny story because Jason Hensel or Wiles was in town oh, yeah. and they all were like, you know, checking me out at the pool and Jason was, was brave enough to talk to me and then, um, came up and like followed me in the gym or something. And the next weekend, um, Jeff was at the pool by himself and I came up to him and, uh, that the rest is history. Wow. He realized I wasn't, he realized I wasn't 15. And then we, he asked me out, I think that night and that was wow. it. <laughs> wow. Well, here's the something about the listeners won't, won't understand about this. And this is my memory. So Jeff Gibson played football in high school. He had a fucking man body, like a man muscular body. 
like Jeff was one of those guys that if I was built like Jeff, and I have no idea how he's built now, but how he was built in high school, if I would have had that body, I would literally have been shirtless always. <laughs> <laughs> like literally Jeff had like a little bodybuilder body and he's not very tall, right? Isn't he like five? No, no, I think he's five, seven, five, seven. Okay. I, I, I remember mean, him being short, but I just remember him being fucking jacked. Uh, yes. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> yeah. Does is he does he have a like a little, little bit of a dad body now? Not not really. He just doesn't, you know, he he's very active and he walks a ton for our business, for his yeah. business. But he doesn't have that upper body like he used to when I first met him. But he's yeah. still I mean, if he you know, it would take like two weeks in the gym and he'd probably have it back. Yeah, he's one of those assholes. Yeah. yeah. It's like I have a friend that literally <laughs> I saw him a couple of nights ago and he said, uh, and he looks like th like this guy reminds me, even at our age, he's in his late forties. He has Jeff's Jeff Gibson's high school body. Right. And, <laughs> and he, and he told me yesterday, he goes, dude, I haven't even gone to the gym in like six months. I need to get back after it. And I'm looking at him going, you yeah, fucking asshole. Like you have abs, you have the V going into your groin, your fucking pecs are pounding, your shoulders are ginormous, your neck is like a 20 inch neck. Like, how is it that you don't work out? <laughs> Golly. I know. I I know. And I think my son's gonna be like have that same kind of thing. Like he he took the month, he had the month of July off and he basically has been eating and just lounging around, and then he'll start back at work and his body will be like whoop. <laughs> it's, yeah, I, I did have it's definitely the jeans. <laughs> Je yeah, Jeff would be impressed with this. I'll have to send you guys or send Jeff a picture after this episode. So in my 40s, I'm I'm 52 now. So let's see. In my late 40s, I was built like Jeff Gibson, but here here like the old Jeff Gibson that I remember. But I'll <laughs> tell you what, Stacy, to maintain that at this age, like when you're younger, it's you just you know you can eat McDonald's and yeah. just think about muscles and you get them. But now. Like, I just couldn't keep up with the routine. I couldn't go to the gym six days a week, you know, prep all my food, do all the shit that I was That's doing. too much. Yeah, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I hear women like dad bods anyway, so let's go with it. Hey, you know, we all have to live. <laughs> it's yep. not about, like, you know, having a six-pack abs when you die. That's what I'm about. You got to have, have – you got to enjoy your life Absolutely. and, you know, and be healthy at the same time. So. Sure. I know. I, I definitely, it, it's hard for me because if, you know, you see all the shit online and I'm just like, it doesn't help me feel like the dad bod is as hot as that, that people say that it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I see oh, online I going, yeah, 49, so. <laughs> oh, so he married younger. Look at, look at this. A little. Yeah, four years, I think, because yeah. he's 53. That's not bad, actually. Oh, he still, he's older than me. So he when did he turn 53? July 4th. He's 68. Oh, okay. Interesting. So he might have, yeah, he's 68. Did he get held back? <laughs> I think his parents just started him later. Okay, so he must have been 19 he when been. he graduated then, because I was 18. Yeah, or okay. just had just turned, yeah, just turned 19. Oh, man, he is older than me. I like that. Now, I'll never <laughs> forget this. Shit. I will you literally never shit. forget this. And his birthday this. is the real Fourth of July. Everyone goes, "Is your birthday really on the fourth? I'm like, "No, we're just we. I know we celebrate the fourth, but it's really his birthday." Oh, like oh, that's interesting. <laughs> I did not know this. Okay, he's a firecracker. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and what? So what does so? I guess what does Jeff do? Because I think he does landscaping. But I we own yeah we own a landscape company and it's 
we've probably, it's been over 20 years. So, so fairly like um, how many employees? 10. So 10 pretty small. Yeah. But still, yeah. so, so when you met Jeff and I'm going to get into the, the Mormon talk, that's, that's what I'm really excited to talk to you about, but I'm just <laughs> trying, I want to give all the listeners kind of an update on, on, you know, my mm-hmm. old high school buddy. So you guys met, he asked you out that night and you said the rest is history, but so did he start like, what the fuck was he doing out there? Cause he, he went to KU. Got, uh, I, right? No, I think he didn't. He went to Johnson community college. Oh, and then so he just moved out there cause he wanted to. His uncle lived out here and he had, he had originally his goal was to be out here. And he, with his, one of his girlfriends, he moved out here in the early nineties and that didn't work out. He came home and then he came back because you, I guess you would got home and got into trouble and was like, I got to get out of here and, <laughs> and then left, came out here, lived with his uncle, got a job at orange tree golf resort mowing and like working on the maintenance crew and then got another job, um, left that job, got a job at a, um, like a racket club. And he was like, in charge of the grounds there. Yeah. A groundskeeper. And then just kept like, then he got a job. Then he just by chance and hard work, he got a job on a golf course as assistant superintendent. And then he got a job building a golf course. And then he got a job with just building a reputation as a superintendent. So he built, worked his way up. And then, um, then we started a, um, a business kind of, in that time frame, because they had a, there was a community, a, a retirement community that needed a, somebody that knew how to manage a USGA putting green. Yeah. And he was a superintendent and had that skill. And we started that business based on a need and it's been great ever See since. A need, fill a need. That's awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. So yeah, you know, Jeff, Jeff has done, um, you mentioned this earlier that, you know, he stays in touch with all the high school friends. You know, what's so fascinating is I don't at, at all. Uh, like, really? I mean, I stay in touch with Jeff loosely. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, if I guess, you know, if you guys were here, I'm sure we would hang out more, but um, yeah. yeah, even when, you know, Jeff comes back for all the, the events and the, the, um, his name, D, uh, JR. JR. I'm like, it's initials. Think about it, Timmy. Uh, JR comes back for the JR Wilcox uh, uh, event, the golfing event and the fundraiser or whatever. Um, but yeah, he just, he does such a good job staying in touch. I see Sean Hahoot uh, in, on his Instagram yeah. sometimes. And, 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 and again, again, I stay in touch through social media with these guys, but I don't, I'm not in that community per se. Does that make sense? Like I've, you know, I want to yeah. come out and see you guys and go golf with Jeff, you even should. though I'm, a, I'm not a good golfer. Yeah. Uh, I don't even have golf clubs, but well, I would Sean love to come lived, out. Yeah. Sean Hathoot lived here. So we saw him and then, um, and then what, Jeff's mom's still in Kansas. So. Oh, she is. Go, or she actually, she's an independent. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Her. Just still Kansas city. Now his dad um, passed, right? Or no. His dad. Yeah. We moved his dad out here and his dad passed. Um, it's, it'll be almost three years in December. Uh, was he close with his dad? Yeah, he was, you know, we brought him out here to get him some better care so we could be kind of close to him. And then, um, he, you know, we, we, it was, it was, it was tough to have him. It was good to have him close because then Jeff didn't have to run to New Mexico to, to help him. Right. So we had him close here and we, 
um, yeah, we spent a lot of fun, quality time with him. And then he, luckily, it wasn't, not luckily, but he got sick and, and it took him quickly, which was better for him because he was in a wheelchair. So yeah. it would have been, it would have been hard to, to have him suffer. Yeah. But it was sad. It was still quick, you know, and sure. But, you know, we, we have a little area in our house that we laugh about him and we cheers him every year Aww. on his birthday. And he was a, he was a VO and water guy. Canadian whiskey is the grossest in the world, but we still pour ourselves a little <laughs> glass and, and cheers him. So yeah. yeah, it was nice to have him out here. So. That's awesome. So, and how many years have you and uh, Jeff been married? We just celebrated our 25th wedding. Wow. Congratulations. So 25th and you have two kids, two kids, two kids, a boy and a girl, boy and a girl, 24 and 22, 24 and 22. Oh, I have a 19 year old boy who's super strikingly handsome, six foot two, Mm -hmm. just the sweetest kid ever. Like genuinely, he really is six foot two. I'm only five eleven, and I think my hair helps me get up there, but, um, (laughs) <laughs> then uh my daughter's 23 and oh. just super absolutely drop dead gorgeous it's crazy she looks exactly like her mother and exactly like me it's it's the weirdest thing it's like you put her next to her mother and it's like holy shit you're twins you put her next to me next to me and it's like holy shit that's your daughter it's just a weird I kind of feel like I feel like my kids have that good blend too yeah. you know oh like, god yeah this your son looks just like jeff yeah, and it, it it's funny because he favors, he does, but then sometimes you put him next to me. And when he was younger, he definitely looked like my side of the family. But as he's gotten older, he looks like his he looks like his dad. Oh. <laughs> big, nice, big head of hair. And yep. does Jeff still have all his hair? No, he's jealous of his son. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, I remember I went back to the a reunion not too long ago. So it'd been like a 30 year anyway, all the guys were just like wanting to yank my hair out. Yeah. <laughs> I, said, Dude, I just commodity. got lucky. I'm like, I don't know how it happened, man. It's, it's, I always tell people it's a toupee. They're like, really? I'm like, no, I'm fucking kidding. It's my real hair, man. Yeah. I have a long hair toupee. No, your hair, is, your hair is, is beautiful. You're lucky. All right. Thank you. I, it, it is literally, and Jeff can attest to this. My hair has been, a thing kind of like, I'll tell you what, Sean, speaking of things that are a thing, like I, I had a killer mullet back in high school. Like my, everybody always loved my hair and here I am today, 52 Mm -hmm. people still talk about my hair, but it's much like, I'll tell you what, I don't know if you know this, uh, I'm surely you do, but Sean Hahoot, unless he's, his eyes have changed, had the prettiest fucking eyeballs ever he had these long eyelashes light blue eyes i like yeah i mean i'm straight as they come and i remember thinking you've got the prettiest fucking eyes ever and his daughter has his eyes oh my god yeah she lucked out and he does he has i just told jeff i'm like i'm sorry he has dreamy eyes oh he does i mean they're telling me right now yeah like these big big bushy i've not seen him forever but big bushy eyebrows dark black dark black long eyelashes and these ice blue fucking eyes <laughs> I just, and i'll never forget i haven't seen him literally since high school and it's something that that like it's the main thing i remember about him is he had yeah. the prettiest fucking eyes and he has and he has kind of he's a nice he, he's a he's sweet soul super, yeah yeah he and i've stayed loosely in touch again i don't see these people but 
he always sends me messages and likes my shit and tells me he's proud of me. I mean, he's just a sweet dude. He's a good, yeah. We yeah. like him. Yeah. We want to go see him in Florida now because now that they're oh, out he's there. in Florida. We had moved to Pensacola. No shit, fucking mm-hmm. a! I'm in Pensacola all the time. Yeah, he well, he's only been out. It hasn't even been since I think March was. Oh when moved. well, okay. I mean, well then, yeah. COVID kind of fucked up my. Even though I still went to. I go to Destin, Florida, and I always via Pensacola. I'll need to reach out to Sean because I'll go down and visit him. Yeah, he's got a he's got a pretty good sized house because he's like, come stay. What's so he do? They just like saved up, sold their house, and just split Arizona. And then I think he just has a part time job out there or something. Man. I think he's they're just like they they worked hard and what he saved do, their you, money. You know what he did for a business? Oh, out in Arizona, he he worked for um, I think it was Cobblestone. It's like a uh, he was like a I think like a regional manager. Okay. And they do they have like car washes and oil change places. So I think he they have a Man, ton of them out here. Oh, yeah, okay. So I think he did that. Well, good for him. Yeah. Well, Stacy, I uh, I remember, so the, here's how I found out about this. It was like a rumor, right? Someone's like, dude, Jeff Gibson married a Mormon. <laughs> and I remember going, what the fuck is Jeff a Mormon now? I mean, I was so shocked again. Now, my my yeah. perception of Mormonism is, you know, very skewed. So, like, yeah. I don't, if I, I really don't mean to be any way disrespectful. No, it, 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 but it's, no, I'm beyond. <laughs> okay, because it was like a cult. So to, like I knew it as a cult, and so yeah, I remember when I heard that, I was just like, literally, my first thought was, "Holy shit, Jeff, fucking joined a cult because of this woman." <laughs> Isn't that funny? How rumors? I don't even know if I've ever told Jeff that or you that, but that literally, I heard that Jeff got married to a Mormon, and that I thought maybe he was more. Anyway, so here, can you clear that all up? <laughs> Were you were you Mormon when you met him? Or is no, it just your family um, or we had had um so growing up in California, being Mormon in California is a little bit different than being Mormon in Utah. The church is the same, but it's a bit on the crazy side in Utah. So I got to see that when I went there. But my family had had some challenges um that left them needing some help from the church and they were just really quick to turn their back on my family. And so I kind of started to get that feeling. This was probably before we moved. So late eighties, my mom was really into health then. And that wasn't like the cool thing to do back then in the church. So we kind of were like, I don't know, looked down on my mom was into herbs and all the things and feeding all of her seven kids healthy and very homeopathic. Yeah. She was just, you know, none of us were vaccinated. You know, we were like, my mom was on that health role, you know, no antibiotics, like super healthy. And so I kind of got a taste of being kind of an outcast in, and which was so heartbreaking because you just wanted to be accepted. Right. And so I kind of started feeling that um, before I left. And then when in Utah, I had a couple of experiences where the hypocrisy was like insane. Like I never had had alcohol. It was like all I wanted to do was be a good Mormon. Like I was just trying to be good. Like I thought I was being faithful. Like right. I'm not having college where 
um, uh, one of my roommates had was like, oh, we should drink. And I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that'd be fun. So we did. And then next thing you know, I was the one, you know, she threw me under the bus and was like making me act like I was the one that, you know, arranged it. And I was like, what? Like, wow. what is happening here? You know? And so I, I kind of just, that kind of broke me. That was like the first sign that, you know, maybe this isn't for me. And then I just kind of, just kind of took a break and traveled a little bit, got a job with my sister out in South or North Carolina. She was on the, she did hair and makeup for movies. So I did, I traveled around and did some, you know, I was on, I was like the nanny for the hair and makeup department head and I got to kind of live a little, which was really awesome. Yeah. So by did the you watch time any Jeff famous kids? Me, um, no, but I met a lot of famous people. Okay. Um, Cause I was working, I was more on the cr- cast. I mean the crew side. Okay. So I got to meet a lot of famous people. I got to be around all that. And you know, and that's when I, I think I was like 20. I think I had my first like partying time and like, but still we're talking a couple of drinks and I was like, Woo-hoo, you know? <laughs> but like, I actually was like, and not that you needed to, like I needed to do that to let loose, but it was almost like, okay, I'm allowed to live. You know, I was yeah. so, I, and it, it was kind of me. I, I kind of carried the guilt for a while, you know, but, um, the but guilt then and I shame. guilt. Yeah. And it was, I didn't realize I was uh, carrying it, you know, right. but, and then I came back here and my, my family had kind of fallen away. So it wasn't like they were pressuring me, you know, Oh, to be okay. a certain way. I have one brother who's still active, but really like a super hardcore. Yeah. He went on a mission and everything and he's still, he lives here and he's and faithful. And I, and I, you know, I, it wasn't a bad way to grow up. I mean, I had some great morals. I mean, my friends to this day were like, how are you so strong? How did you, you know? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like what would, how would I be different now? Would I just be like, I don't know. Jeff even said like, that was what attracted him to me is because I wasn't like crazy, you know, in that sense, like I was more wholesome, but yet I was, I wasn't like some, you know, virgin, you know, like I wasn't some virgin that he met, but at least he felt like I was compared to the girls he was (laughs) dating so exactly (laughs) he was Uh, like you know he felt like i was a virgin (laughs) well you know again there's different strokes for different folks i share with jeff a love for wholesome and and i don't know if it's because you know i grew up uh, you know similar to you not mormon but i grew up Mm -hmm. right-wing fundamental christian which is a different kind of dysfunction from Mm -hmm. mormonism but, mm-hmm. but similar. Yeah. I think Mormonism is a little bit more toxic, but that's, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. I think they're both toxic, the guilt and the shame, the hypocrisy. I mean, it's like, do as I say, not as I do, you know, these rules yeah. are for you, not for me. I mean, it, that, that kind of shit, um, for me personally, what I saw as a, as I mean, 30 years I spent as an evangelical pastor, 30 years I've been, I had been teaching the Bible and I have, so I've seen the church world from the inside out. 
And, mm-hmm. and I, I love there's so, like you just said, there are certain things I'm so thankful for and grateful for and certain teachings that I still hold dear to my heart to this day. But the people in the church and out of the church are the fucking same. They're the same like people yeah. in the church and out of the church lie. People in the church and out of the church have addictions. People in the church and out of the church have affairs. People in the church and out of the church, like everybody's fucking the same. Yeah. <laughs> and well, when I really yeah. came to that, uh, and, and then when I met people who weren't Christians or weren't religious in any way, and they were kind or honest or fair, I was like, wait, what the fuck? How's that? I thought that Jesus was what made you that way. I know, you know, I guess, you know, I grew up going to, I went to church before school every single day. It's called seminary. And so I learned, I studied the Bible. I studied the Book of Mormon. I had all these, it was a great way to start my day and I felt really good. And then, you know, you go to church and, you know, I'm going to church with my friends who I see like, you know, not doing the greatest things on the weekends or after school. And then they go to church and they act like nothing's wrong. And I was, that was such a hard thing for me to, I I'm the type of person, like I want to be transparent. Like I'm not just going to be a hooker and then go to church. Like, right. <laughs> so that's why I left because I'm like, I'm drinking and I'm having a good time. I would never like, that's not what you, how you want me to act. And I'm okay. Right. I'm not going to so lie I'm about out. it. Right. I'm out. Like, I'm not going to go to repent. I'm not going to go repent to the bishop that I'm drinking and then go again and, or whatever I was doing. Yeah. And, you know, you know, the, the teachings are, you know, like Christ-like teachings. I mean, who wouldn't want to be like Christ, right? Right. right. Love <laughs> but, your neighbor and be kind and forgiving and gracious. <laughs> yeah. And I learned all those things, but I, I think I, I had this, I had this fear like of doing something wrong. And it was such a horrible thing to live with. Like, I was so afraid, like, Oh my God, am I praying enough? Am I reading the Bible? I never felt enough. And that's where it started was the church. Yeah. And then it, it carried out into my personal life. You know, I mean, it's just a hard, it's a hard, like you know, thing to carry, you know, not being enough. You're never going to be able to, and I was like, this has to stop. Right. You know, well, the tough part is, is, I mean, what I hear you saying and, and what I struggled with as well is it forced me to hide and lie. It like I was forced to have the guilt and shame because I couldn't measure up. I couldn't pray enough, read the Bible enough, or, you know, tithe enough or attend church enough yeah. or go on enough missionary trips to get like it, it was, it, it was, and I know that, you know, the church always claims that it's not by works that we're saved, less, you know, it, but F- bullshit like that. That's no, how you that, feel. Yeah. It's like you, that's, that's what, you're what you say, but you're taught. Don't cuss. Don't go to bad movies. Listen to good music. Don't do this. And da, 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 da. it's like, holy fucking shit. I can't yeah, do I can't shit. Do anything. Right. I, know. <laughs> I, I can't even fucking masturbate without <laughs> guilt and shame. What the fuck? <laughs> I remember. I, yeah. Anyway, uh, go ahead. And no, I just said, I feel like I, just now over the past probably 10 years do i feel like and I, and i think because i as i've gotten older like wow i can like do what i want like it's okay yes. <laughs> and i i mean i i was actually walking yesterday and i was like it it's just i think partly too is cuz my kids are older and like you know we're 
you know, we're at a certain time in our life where we have some freedoms and stuff, but like, I never felt free to do what I wanted. Like it was such a weird, um, like, I don't know this, like, like uh, being in bondage. Yes. You know? No, it is. It It is bondage. It was. And I just, I do feel like, wow, like I can make decisions and my heart is in the right place. So that's what matters. You know, it doesn't matter, you know, what the church says or, and I'm so far past that, but it still hangs on to you energetically, I think until you kind of like learn to, okay, I can breathe and I can live. I'm allowed to live. It's okay. You know? Well, and I know that for, for me, you know, it's weird how the, how the, the teachings and, and I don't use this necessarily as a bad word, but you know, brainwashing, it's like you, you have this particular worldview of the way things are. And that, kept conflicting with my reality. Like it was, you know, Mm -hmm. it was like one thing was being taught or said in the church and then out in real life, it's like, no, that's bullshit. Like, that's not true. Like that's that's not, that's not how it works. Like clearly there's not a, you can't. And I heard Neil deGrasse Tyson say this, but he said that if, if nine 11 had only affected those not in the church and other calamities only happen to people not in the church. He said, then like only if only Christian marriages lasted forever. And, and, and you know what I mean? Like if there were ways that you could really calculate and, and uh, scientifically prove that there is some benefits to believing some of the, the way fundamental stuff. And it's like, no, it's like just because you're a Christian yeah. doesn't mean you're gonna like you're not protected. No, and you know? and that really turned into for me. I and still to this day, which we'll get into. I, well, I'm curious what you think, but so for me, I'm no longer the rigid person, and I feel freer. And crazily, I didn't like all of a sudden go. Well, yeah, now that I'm not a fundamental Christian, I'm like killing people now and stealing and and I'm, <laughs> I'm doing shooting up drugs and living wild. Uh, no, I actually probably live more morally sound now because I'm being honest. Like I I live honestly, authentically. I, I have nothing to hide. I say it all the time on my podcast. I smoke weed. Like I don't yeah. have anything to hide. Hence, you can look at me and tell I don't have anything to hide anymore. Like my tattoos, none of them are hidden. They're all over me now. And I just, it was like a coming out party for me to go, you know what? I'm going to just be me. I can be who I am. Yeah. And I, that did take me a little, I kind of, I would say, you know, distanced myself from my Mormon friends. Not like I wasn't, I just, I didn't want them to see who I was like, Oh, I have, my family didn't go to church. We, you know, we have alcohol in our house. We drink coffee, you know, the simplest things. Like I was worried about what they would think of me. Cause I mean, I've gotten some, I've gotten messages before that, you know, you know where you need to be kind of thing. Right. And I, and now I'm like, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Who I am. You know, this is who I am. And, and I think I'm not afraid of that. And I'm not afraid of that. But I, I was, I would say for a while when I, you know, I had Taylor when I was, you know, 24, I was young and, you know, and Jeff and I, 
I, I got pregnant before we got married, but <gasps> we got married before I had. So that was like, <sighs> you know, yeah. the worst thing. And I was really kind of nervous to be, you know, I had a couple of my friends. It became and, clear know. that you were sinning. <laughs> and however, you would have not known I was pregnant at my wedding because I was just barely pregnant. And, yeah. um, but you know, that's still, that was like carried you know, I carried that a little bit. And then I was like, what the heck do I care? You know, I mean, yeah. <laughs> going through life and dealing with all the things like that is such a minor thing to have to like hide and worry about what your friends think of you. I just can't even <laughs> really. It's, I know you're laughing. I love hearing you laugh about it because it, it honestly, it's just laughable. Some of that kind of stuff, like it having to hide is. the fact. I mean, again, this is going back, but in the still stringent fundamental you know, it's like you have to hide that you live together. You can't, you can't talk, can't talk openly that you're sleeping with your girlfriend or boyfriend because it's a sin and it's forbidden. It's like everybody's fucking doing it. Even the ones that are lying and saying that they're not, they are. Uh, the pastor I himself know. is fucking masturbating all the time, but he tells you he sh <laughs> you shouldn't. Like it's the craziest. It's like I knew, so I know I I have such an inside perspective because I was on the inside, right? I was the pastor, so I have other pastor friends, and I, man, yeah. they would go out it's of town. Bad. They would go out. Of, they were pastoring a church of like thousands of people, and they were a no drinking, no cussing, no smoking kind of a group. And the pastor and his family, when they would go out of town, they would drink and party, and and they'd just lie about it. <laughs> I, I, and I. Like I said, I, I dealt with that too, because I, you know, there were people in the church that were high up and up there and stories came out and you put these people on a pedestal. That was the first lesson, as my mom said, is I remember she said, we put these people up here, but then we forget that they're human yep. and that they're, we all are human. Like we aren't gods, right. <laughs> we aren't perfect. And that was really hard for me because yeah. I, I respected these people. I trusted them. And then to see them be human was, I was made to believe that they weren't, you know, in a way they right. were, you know, they were called by God to be your Bishop or whatever, right. but, and then, you know, it's just so confusing. That was hard for me, the confusing part, but yeah, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I am too. I, at least I think so. I mean, I, I, uh, I'm just, I don't know how many years out I'm a couple years out from, uh, you know, being an evangelical pastor, I still teach on spiritual stuff and I still teach, uh, like, you know, the lessons from the parables of Jesus or what, you know, like I still value, yeah. I just like, if it came out like as, as a scientific fact, like, Hey, we found the tomb of Jesus and his bones were still in there. And, you know, he did live and die and he didn't actually come back. He was just a prophet or a teacher. I'd be like, I mean, if it was some way they proved it and it was a fact, I'd be like, okay, like his teachings are still awesome. <laughs> like, I don't really, I, I, I don't really care. He didn't have to be God for me to, to appreciate the message. <laughs> well, and too, don't you feel like as you've gotten older, like the shock, like shock worthy things or like, you know, going through life and having, you know, having challenges, like really shock me. Like I've, I, I'm waiting for something to shock me now. Like, I don't know. I just don't have it in me anymore. I think going through, you know, just, I don't know, maybe just growing up and challenges and, you know, having, you know, being married and having challenges in your marriage and getting sure. through things and having just any kind of challenge that I'm like, 
it wouldn't, like you said, it wouldn't change what you, how you believe. So right. shock me. I'm still right. going to believe a certain way. <laughs> right. <laughs> Try right. me. Yeah. <laughs> like that's how I feel. Yeah. Me yeah. too. I, I, yeah, for me, it just became so difficult to hold on to some of the fundamental beliefs that I once had the longer I was living. And I, it, and so I find it fascinating because I have a lot of friends that, that, you know, we went to seminary together and they're still hardcore fundamental believe that everybody that's not, hasn't accepted Jesus is going to go to hell and burn forever and ever. And in my mind, that seems absolutely, it's weird that I believe that so vehemently. And then now I literally like, it makes me giggle. Like, no, yeah, that's not really? how it works. So Buddhists <laughs> are going to go to hell and burn forever and ever. Right. And that shitty ass Christian person, that's a fucking piece of shit, but because they accepted Jesus, they're going to go to heaven forever and ever. That is such, that is so I, crazy. I like that, the, in my mind, the fact that anybody would actually believe that, that a kind, wonderful Buddhist or Hindu or any person for that matter. I don't even know if I even believe in heaven and hell. So that's a whole nother topic, but let's just say that there is a heaven or a hell or both yeah. and that, and God is going to send good people to, to hell. hell? Yeah. No, no, <laughs> there's no way. Well, it's not about being good. It's about believing in Jesus. That is so stupid. I get it. I, I believe in Jesus. I love Jesus, but I think that is so there's no way that the God of the whole fucking universe, if there is one set it up that way, that all the religions of all time are all wrong, except for yeah. this one. And I used to think too, I had to bring people into the fold. You know I mean? I'm sure you did. You felt the same way. Like you needed to bring them in. Like you needed that and you needed, you know, we in, and being Mormon, you grew, you grew, you believe in different levels of heaven, and that is just freaking absurd. <laughs> like absurd. really, like you, <laughs> like you can, and then get this: you can once you're up, you can go down. But if you're down, you can't go up. Like <laughs> that like, is so. <laughs> what? Like I believe. Like what? Like there's different levels of heaven. Like. <sighs> wait a second, I'm going to heaven and I'm not going to the top level. So uh, the fact that I believed that I really, truly, like I had a testimony that I believed it, you oh know, my in my, gosh. in my, I would stand up at church and say, Hey, my, I believe the church is true. And I, you know, whatever. Right. And that there was different levels. Like well, <laughs> can we say that now? And almost like, did I make that up? No, that really was true. We really did believe in different levels of heaven. And, <laughs> have you ever heard that before? I have. Yeah, no, I did know about that belief. <laughs> no, the only saying. belief that the Mormons had that I actually thought was kind of cool is the whole polygamy thing. <laughs> well, but that, Men a, should have multiple wives. No, I'm teasing. That, But you, you know, they're, they believe that they don't believe that obviously anymore, but they believe that the reason they did that back in the day was the wives that husbands perished during, you know, like when they were, you know, was it when they were pioneers and that this man would take on, this is the, what they said, right. take on another person's wife and family. And I was like, no, they were just horny fuckers. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I know what was up. <laughs> yeah. They could I'm have a found guy. another suitable man, I'm sure, sure, you know, but, and then, you know, the whole thing about like, 
when, you know, you weren't allowed to, I think you weren't allowed to hold the pre the priesthood if you were black before like the seventies. Oh my God. So it was, it was so, yeah, it was very (laughs) so racist. I know. Oh shit. And you know, we, nobody asked, I, I don't remember asking questions, you know, I don't remember, but I just remember learning that. And, you know, you just kind of blindly believe and go to Sunday school and, but then, like you said, you you were on the inside, and now you're on the outside, and you can look back and see. And that's kind of how I feel. Like I've, I, I can see I clearly now. <laughs> the rain has come. Yeah. So you'll find this humorous, uh, maybe or interesting. So my, so my mom was pregnant at 15, had me at 16. Mm-hmm. My biological father is now since passed, but my biological father, his name was Glenn Hawkinson. And when I was seven, my mom's now third husband became my dad. And so that when I say dad, that's who I'm talking about. That's who Jeff Gibson, that's who Gibby knows as my dad is is Wayne Gibson. So that's not my birth dad, but it is my dad. That's been my dad since I was seven. So Mm -hmm. my biological father died when I was about 21. I didn't really have a close relationship with him. That's a whole nother story, but long story short, my biological father has a, had two other brother brothers, Wendell and Dennis. Wendell has since passed. Dennis lives in Anchorage, Alaska, and is hardcore Mormon. Whoa. Yeah. This is your uncle. Yeah. So my uncle is a hardcore uh, Mormon, which has been helpful in doing the family lineage. I don't know what the fuck the Mormons are so into that for, but they're into genealogy big time. Yeah. So I am thankful for that. For that part. So I come from Sweden. That's so I found this out from my, my uncle. So my, his dad, uh, or his, yeah, his dad, his dad or grandpa, your grandpa, right. My grandpa came over from Stockholm, Sweden. Wow. Yeah. So I'm like just a couple, yeah, a couple generations or whatever it is removed from, yeah, Stockholm, Sweden. In fact, that name, the Hawkinson name is apparently like a thing in Stockholm, Sweden. Like it's, there's a castle, a Hawkinson castle, I think. Or maybe you have some relatives. I'd like to find out like if there's some kind of inheritance that I need to be getting. Some castle that's got my name on it. No shit. I'll change my name back to Hawkinson just to get a piece of that shit. No, I'm too. Oh my gosh. It's so interesting. Like, you know, I get, and that it's so funny cause I'm 49, but I, I still feel like that. Sometimes I'm like still that 20 something year old every now and then like, wait, I, I can, I'm allowed to do this. Like I'm allowed to be, you know, I, I find myself falling back. Like, wow. Just being surprised that I'm kind of free now. Like it was bandaged or whatever like i said bondage but it's just it's a sense of um it's okay to just be who i am which was really hard i never felt like that you know yeah is is i wasn't good enough and and it's funny because you know i talked to some of my friends and guy friends and they're like you were just so intimidating and i was like how and they were like because you were so like good and i was like how was i intimidating i felt like just like me guys. Like, you know, I was, I didn't feel that way, but I think because I was, um, devout, I guess they thought that was intimidating. You were like a mother Teresa. (laughs) 
Well, it's like, that's not how I wanted to be. Sure. I, I wanted, I didn't want to be, I didn't know at the time. I'm like, sure. dang it. I wish I knew I had that kind of power. Right. <laughs> you know, like I'd have wheeled that a little better. <laughs> I was like, oh, so yeah, it, it was, it's, and I think too, I just, even at the beginning of our marriage, just learning to kind of let go of that. Sure. You know, was hard. It was definitely hard, but. Where I am. <laughs> you know, I think for me, a lot of the, because I, I don't think I had the same, uh, you know, I don't know what people's perception of me back, back in the day. I mean, I think people perceive me as, you know, I was a nice, happy, smiley person, which I'm kind of pretty much that way still. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think, I don't think I was ever as I was religious on the inside, but my exterior was never, I never can, conf- I never could conform. I just, I struggled. You know, I got a tattoo yeah. on my 18th birthday. I went straight to the tattoo shop and got a tattoo. So I was an early, um, rebel. Yeah, <laughs> honestly I was, I was just a rebel. I was kind of had that, at least this is what I was told. Like people always had thought I was a rock star. They always thought I was from LA. Like when I went to college, seminary, everybody just assumed I was from California and you know assume that well, i was deep a down musician. you wanted to be <laughs> right yeah exactly probably i just i've always been more of a free-spirited kind of a like you said a little bit of a rebel but there was this internal battle going on where i was and still to this day like i'm a you know i'm not a big party i mean i smoke a little weed but whatever but i'm not like i'm not like i don't yeah i have friends that'll say man let's go to let's go to the bars and let's go out and let's stay till, till two and three in the morning and we'll drink but I'm like, man, nah. that's not my jam. And I didn't, if I'm going to like, no, I'm not looking to, I mean, I can yeah. have a good time, but I'm not, I don't, I just don't enjoy that. I don't enjoy yeah. partying and living that kind of lifestyle, which is a, a, a challenge in the dating life a little bit because I skew. Yeah, a little. And I mean, well, I feel like I always say too old for that shit. Yes. <laughs> like I don't, and plus I want to feel good the next day. And, <laughs> yeah. That's the big thing. You know, I, and I don't like Jeff says, he goes, I have a three day hangover if I have one too many drinks and that might be yep. four drinks, you know? Yeah. I drink a glass of wine is about it. If I drink two glasses of wine, I've got a fucking headache the next day. Yeah, I am. I'm like two drinks. Yeah, that's my deal. And I just have like, and I always am like, make me a half shot cocktail. Yeah, <laughs> that's me. Yeah, just <laughs> because get- I want to have a couple, <laughs> and I just because it's a nice, you know, just at the end of the night sometimes, you know, to have a drink or, and I, I can't smoke weed, so. It, yeah, oh, it I, make I, you I, I paranoid. Or I just it make you throw I up. Just it just doesn't. I just get really anxious and act it just makes me a little cuckoo i don't need that <laughs> yeah different people like i've had i have some friends that are they're the same they're like I, I wish i could i just can't i for me i and of course i'm a way light white late lightweight i mean people will you know have a big joint and smoke the whole thing i'm like hell no i'll literally take one little hit i just want just i just like the chilling effect that it it kind of gives me it just kind of calms me down and makes me it helps me focus a little bit too. Yeah. Um, but if I, if I get too much, which I had that happen when I went skiing, uh, popped an edible and it ended up being super strong gummy. And <laughs> I was like all paranoid. Oh. 
Yeah, I've had that happen. Yeah. <laughs> and then I eat everything in sight and I'm like, you know what? I do not need to be eating this much food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's no doubt. I have to, I can't buy nacho chips and cheese. If I have cheese and nacho or chips and, and not and uh, cheddar cheese, I will make nachos every single night before bed. <laughs> and it does not that's not good. Uh, I can't do that anymore. I would, I just, I would just, yeah, I like literally handful the food, like shove, shove. And I'm like, yeah, no, I don't need to be doing that. I already have a little bit of a sweet tooth. I do not need to give something, take something that makes me eat like everything in the in sight. Yeah. And, and, and it just makes me, yeah. just has Well, paranoid is no feeling. fun. I, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and, uh, fun. yeah. If anything gave me anxiety, I would not do it for sure. Well, and I don't have that problem in on the, daily i don't get anxious so to have something make me that way makes me crazy yeah so you know, um what was the actual age so did, was this in your 20s that you started pulling away from the mormon church yeah i would say um yeah i would say 1920 okay. probably 20 more oh, okay um, so pretty much right after high school you started to kind of go i yeah, don't know I about all to this kind of have questions and and dabble in a little you know, and do they, and do they, uh, I'm going to ask this question and then just pause. Okay. Um, okay. did they allow for questions to be asked? Uh, yes, we were allowed to question. Um, and I think I, but I don't know that I ever did if, or I felt comfortable questioning. Like I, I don't, like you could ask questions, but it really wasn't as encouraged. I don't, I, 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 I didn't feel like I couldn't, but I didn't question if that makes any sense. Yeah. I, I did have them knocking down my door, trying to find me and trying to like bring me back and put me on the list and missionaries come to the door. And I was just like, look, no shit. Alone. Wow. Yeah. They try to tr track you down. I'm, I mean, I wasn't officially excommunicated, like, cause like, that's kind of a thing. Like they just like take, but I think I was like, just leave me alone. Yeah. Like stop calling. And then we live in a, so they would come to, um, we live in a gated community, so they can't really come after me now. Okay. But like, they literally would knock on my door. Really? Knock on my door. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, What? No, I'm not coming to your church. No, I don't want you to visit me. Like, at first, and you know, it was like nice. Okay, you know, we're just checking oh, on you. Appreciate to, that you Jeff care. Jeff was like, get the hell out. Like, this is our house. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, when the Mormons but, come to your door, that's like a joke, right? It's like the Jehovah's Witness or the Mormons. Ah, uh, here no, they, they come. Really They're riding are. their fucking bikes. Here they come. It, and it really wasn't a missionary. It was more like somebody in that particular. They call. So a ward in the church is a, um, your ward would be like um, bound in a certain boundary, you know, so you have a church, but then you're in the whatever ward because you're on, you know, this particular area. So they oh. call it, a, so my, maybe my ward the was in my ward. neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And they would just like be like, oh, well, the so-and-so person, you know, Relief Society is the ladies. Um, group they call it relief society and so they would send her and try to visit me and I'm like, thank you that's no, thank so you. so that's the one thing that's a little different with 
with um, at least the the fundamental Christian or the evangelical Christian group. It's not like that. What you just said that you know that feels a little bit more culty ish than yeah than the evangelical church. I mean, you can you can leave if you want to, and just and no one. I mean, the church. If you were a part of an actual church, you know that they might reach out to you and say, "Hey, we miss you. We wish you were here." You know that that's the one thing I did as a pastor. I. I didn't really do that, which is, you know, on one hand, people felt like I maybe didn't care, <laughs> but yeah. I was also just free, like, if you want to be here, you'll be here. If you don't, you won't. I, I mean, I'm not going to fucking bug you about it or call you like, I don't want I you know. here. I'm not going to guilt you and shame you and manipulate you. That was the part that like, I didn't want to go to people's houses to try to shame them back into church or guilt people. I just never operated that way. That's why I really wasn't that great of a pastor, to be honest. <laughs> I just, I didn't like, if people didn't come, like if they didn't come like, okay, like they wouldn't hear. I didn't. And then, you know, I'd hear later, like, what well, did you see on, I posted on Facebook that we were going through a crisis and I'm like, I don't read your fucking posts on Facebook. If you need me, you come to me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, if you have a problem, fucking call me. Like, I'm not going to. Anyway. No, I do. I do remember when, remember when you met us at Tanner's? I do. I totally remember. I was telling Jeff. I was, I was like, like, how I did remember- Jeff get this hottie? What the hell? <laughs> Shut up. I just remember thinking like, what a cool dude. Like, Oh, I just, I just remember. Um, and I think, I think I started, we started following you on Facebook and weren't you doing those like videos or like, and you were still like, you were a pastor at the time. Yeah. And I remember like you, I don't think you did relationship coaching or something. And I remember yes. thinking, you know, Jeff, we should call him. Like we, he would be helpful. Like I just remember, you know, we, during that time we were recovering from something very challenging. And I was like, sure. you would have been re- a really cool person to be on our, you know, oh, to coach us, you know? Yeah. And I just, when we were talking about that last night, he, I go, do you remember when I said that? He's like, yeah, I remember. I go, and you know, I don't think of you any different now. I mean, like you're just—I yeah. mean, you were back, you were in the church then, or had your own church, and sure. But now you just have a different kind of. A so you don't you don't judge me now that I'm divorced. <laughs> say that again. I say you don't judge me now that I'm divorced. Oh yes, of course not. <laughs> because you know, like, and I've listened to a lot of your podcasts. You know, it's like to each his own, and yep. you don't know. I mean. Sometimes, like you said, you're, you both have moved on and it is what it is, you know, and it's, it's not a bad thing. It's not a good thing. And I like, I do like how you honor your marriage, the years that you were married. Like that's a lot of people forget about that. And they're like, peace out. Oh, I appreciate that again. That means a lot to me. Really cool. Well, thank you. I mean, my ex is a, she's a neat woman. I mean, I, you know, she's, she's, we had 25 beautiful, wonderful years together and and no regrets. I have, I have no regrets. Yeah. I mean, that, that is really nice because a lot of people don't do that. You know, they don't honor, you know, I mean, it's a sacred thing to be married. Oh God. (laughs) It is, it is hard. I mean, oh gosh. Yeah. That's that. uh, We could talk off mic uh, in more detail, but it, it is marriage is a, it's a wonderful gift. Um, but I'll tell you, for my, it's, hard too. <laughs> it's very hard, but I'll tell you, if you can't be extremely gracious and forgiving, and when people use that vow and they say through better or for worse, through good or through bad, that means if someone, you know, betrays you or hurts you or breaks trust, yeah. or it's like, 
are, are, so are you going to define this person that you've committed your life to by a few mishaps and that's going to define them and then therefore create whatever decisions that you're going to make? Are you going to be able to work through this? It's, I mean, yeah, like I've, yeah, I, yeah I've, you there's know, there's a lot to it. And, you know, being religious as you were or still are, and even me growing up, like, it wasn't something I took lightly, you know, right. especially since in the Mormons, I mean, they marry in the temple for forever. Right. It's for life. Yeah. Like you get sealed. I, I never did that. I never got to the, I wasn't like worthy enough to go to the temple, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, like that, I, I took that, even though I didn't get married in the temple, I took it very, you know, because those were, those, those were instilled in me as, you know, being, you know, through thick and thin through throughout forever. Like I didn't yeah. ever want to, you know, not have that, but it, it's still difficult. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think for, you know, that's the, I'm, I've become, I've always been gracious. And I think that's one reason why, you know, having gone through what I went through for the most part, I mean, obviously my whole world has changed. A lot of my friendships have changed. Uh, but there's also a lot of people that have known me for years and I've always been gracious to them. You know, I mm -hmm. always showed them tons of grace and never judged them. And so they found it hard to judge me, you know, because like, you know, Timmy, yeah. Timmy knows my deepest, darkest secrets and all the shit that we went through as a couple. Like, how could I judge Timmy for what happened with like, dear Lord, you know? Yeah. So. Thankfully, thankfully, I've I've dealt out a lot of grace and mercy over the years, and it has led to getting some some grace and and mercy back. But you know, the reality is, no one's perfect. I mean, it, 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 at the end of the day, and I always say this: when couples are married, if you really genuinely love each other, then you love each other, you know, through good and through bad, through mishaps and missteps and all the stuff. Now, where yeah. it and and you should work through it because it, let's say you get divorced. Um, well, the next person you meet is also going to be flawed and have their own set of whatever. So it's either you're going to stick with who you're with and that, you know, someone that, you know, and you know what I mean? And work through it. Exactly. Or you're going to start with someone new now, granted, you know, I, you know, here I am, I'm divorced and it's, I feel, I still feel that way, but I don't, our thing, came to a close it, that chapter closed. And this is, this is a much, I'm on another path and this is where I'm supposed to be right now. Uh, and, and, you know, I'll, I'll eventually meet someone and we'll fall in love and we'll get married again. I, I have no bitterness towards marriage at all. I, I think it's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful thing. But the, the challenge with marriage is I'm not a fan of staying in a marriage when someone's not super happy. I mean, if, if it's, I Absolutely. <laughs> like, you know what? I would, I would rather be happy alone than like, I would just rather be either alone or find that quote unquote find perfect someone partner. To make you, yeah. Yeah. Because I'd really find do believe. That is your happy. Yeah. Yes. And I, I agree. I a hundred percent. Um, and I think too, a lot of people, they, they think that they're not happy. So then they leave a marriage and then they realize, well, <laughs> right. that's a that's a them problem right. <laughs> not a marriage problem and then they learn you know I mean, there's just so many you know it's just there's so many ways to look at it but i yep. agree like i don't i would never want to be one my parents were 
you know, they married were married 30 years. Oh. And, you know, they I think they kind of left it a little bit too soon. They I think my mom could have possibly figured it out because I don't know that they're happier now. Right. You know, I, I wish I could say I like I would like to say that that was the right move and that they, you know, but but they aren't. So yeah. that's when I'm like, OK, you know, then there's people like you who's you know, you're you're not you're working on yourself. You're going to figure it out and you're making the best version of yourself yeah. for the next person you're going to be with. And it didn't really happen that way with my parents. But, you know, hey, sure. That is unfortunate. I, I've, you know, I've talked to some couples like, you know, because I'm in the relationship coaching world, I've coached many couples back from, uh, you know, adultery. I've coached couples back from mishaps with finances. I mean, you name it. I've had all the different mm-hmm. scenarios and some needed to end. I mean, it's like, no, this, this, you know, this, this Toxic, is, this is, yeah. yeah, this is this particular event. Yes. It broke the marriage, but there were other things underlying that maybe, you know, led to it needed to just close the chapter and move on. And then other times uh, I view what you just said. I feel like, no, you guys should stay together and work this shit out. Like this is, this is something that's workable. You're not going to jump out of this and, and be better off. You're going to jump out of this and, and have regrets for not forgiving him or not forgiving her for what she did when you've could have, you know, you could have, will come back stronger as a result of let's say infidelity or whatever it was. Um, yeah, nothing's a lost cause, but again, sometimes it, sometimes it, it, it yeah, there's a book called <laughs> necessary endings. It's a really good book by Henry cloud. And he talks about that. Sometimes an ending is necessary. It's, it's what needs to happen. And, um, and you know who who am I to to judge whether that's the case or not? I mean, that's for a couple to to come to figure that out. You know. Uh, yeah, exactly. I I never intended. I mean, obviously, I didn't get married with the intent of ever getting divorced. And I mean, we made it twenty five years. Um, I know that's a long time. <laughs> it is. You know, it's funny in the dating realm. You know, I meet women, and the, the, this is my judgment, but it's like the good women recognize that as a real plus they're like wow you were married 25 years i'm like yeah and you know they're like on their third or fourth marriage you know (laughs) which is very suspicious to me i'm like how in the world like yeah wait what's happening here (laughs) yeah why were you married so many times and then if they they if they say all four of their ex-husbands were narcissists i'm like i'm thinking that you might be the common thread here yeah (laughs) there's a common denominator and it's not the narcissist uh huh. I think well, that's that's hard yeah. for people to be honest with themselves sometimes. Yeah, and and you know, I mean, I can see like that's probably like you said. You're I, I've listened to a few of the times you've been saying you're having a good time being in the spot you're in. You're you know you're discovering things and meeting people and and some people they were so sheltered and like unhappy that that felt that it feels good to do that and be away from their whatever partner that was controlling. And, but if your partner can, you know, if you're support your whatever, then you're good. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, you know, I, I, the, the thing about, this is just my perspective because, you know, we were talking earlier about the, the levels of heaven that the Mormons believe, which, you know, it is laughable because it's like nobody fucking knows about what happens after we die. So stop teaching with your little whiteboard and chalkboard about how the level, fuck you. You don't know shit. No one knows. Like nobody Nobody actually knows. knows. 
Now you can tell us what you think or what you hope for or what you wish for, but don't teach that shit like it's a fucking fact because it's not. It's just it, not. It's not. I know. And that is hard to come to terms with being religious and like really, really. And I know you felt that way because faith is you're taught to have faith and you're taught to have all these things and, you know, the Holy Spirit and, you know, and then it's like, well, I could be making that shit up in my head. I don't know if that's the spirit or what that is. <laughs> like, I, like, I remember thinking, like, who is that? I mean, that could be my brain. Like, I don't know. Like, all I know is how I feel. And that's where, I, that's how I am now. That's what I go with. What feels right. Right. What you know, resonates. I always say, what, what's resonate with you on the inside? But that's a hard thing to learn because when you're, when you're, I don't know when you're younger and you're taught to believe and you know pray and then you're like confused and what feels and you're not allowed to use that, you know, that barometer. Right. But like now I get a sense and I, you know, and my kids I think are pretty good that way as I kind of taught them to use their, their own, you know, their own, how, like you said, how it resonates. Yeah. Intuition just to kind of, so like, you know, you get a vibe on a person. I don't care what color or religion you are. If I get a bad vibe, I get a bad vibe. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't care if you quote the, you, know, you quote the Bible. I get an icky vibe when I'm yeah. around you. <laughs> yeah. I just, and, and my kids are, yeah, they're very, I mean, I remember, you know, they're not comfortable in the situation. They all call me cause I've told them like, you don't feel good when they were in high school. Like I'll be right there. Cause I know that feeling. It's just, you want to be, you want to pay attention to that feeling. And that was something my mom taught me, you know, because even though she was really religious, she also is. And to this day, she is very spiritual. Like she's a full on healer. And Oh, really? Life. Yeah. Oh. My mom does energy. Reiki, Reiki or Reiki, whatever that's called. Not Reiki. She does. She's like a chakra I stuff. Would, and She, yeah, she, my mom has done it all. So, but she does a lot of, um, yeah, she does just energy kind of, she knows how to clear energy. And so she's the, uh, she's gone from the spectrum of being a, you know, a garment wearing Mormon to, you know, now she's very, very spiritual. And That's so, interesting. It, yeah, she's, <laughs> she is, my mom is awesome, but she is in the clouds, but she's... that's where she's always, <laughs> she's just happy up there. So I just let her stay. I'm like, I have, to maybe, I have to interview her sometime too. Cause I, you know, I'm a little bit, I, I'm, I bend towards this, the, the, the magical, the romance, the, like, I'm still like, I just know that when I meet the right girl, she's going to look at me and be instantly in love. I'm going to look at her and be instantly in love and we'll go happily ever that. after for the rest of our lives. Like I literally still have that kind of that magical, like you there, should. there will be nothing that I can do. I mean, obviously, in in like quirks and stuff. It's like she'll love yeah. my hair, my tattoos. She'll love my facial hair. She'll love my earrings. She'll like literally every. She'll love my voice. Everything about me that that she'll just be like, oh, I just just talk. I just love hearing you talk. Like that's the woman I'm looking for. That well, someone that just adores me, and then vice you're versa. Attract that. <laughs> right. I'm you gonna know, vibrate I mean, that to me. <laughs> well, my mom made me make a list before I met Jeff. Oh my And she goes, you need to write it down. You need to put it on paper, what you're looking for. And I'm young, you know, and, 
and, but I wanted to meet somebody, you know, I was, I, you know, I was back from a film doing that with my sister and, and I wrote that list and I shared that list with Jeff. And it's so funny because my list is very, very, it is Jeff. But the weird thing is, is on my list, I wrote that I wanted a guy five, nine or taller. I went back and I scratched it out and I wrote five, seven. And to this day, I laugh. I'm like, see, I, 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 I really brought you into so my life. You're the reason Jeff is so short. <laughs> <laughs> I, she had me write the size that everything about the person, because she said, it's important that you know what you want. And, and I'm I was gonna make like, a list. okay, make your list I, down to the, it's, I'm going to be detailed, I suppose. I mean, I had light eyes, dark hair, like you name it. And that's Gibby. And that was Gibby. And so, you know, I mean, I, there is something to be say about attracting what you want, but being, being, um, certain about it, you know? Sure. Well, the, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying that that was definitely different than what Mormons believed. So she had her own, she had, she was always searching for something else. I think it would it wouldn't have been as easy for me to leave or to make my break. If, if my mom was still, you know, beating down my head about beating down my throat about, you sure. know, this, that, and the other, she, she lost her ump for it when she started her spiritual journey. Yeah. So, which, you know, kind of, I did too at the time. So it was nice for her to be sharing books and certain things and, just bright broadening your your mind and your beliefs that sure. not everything had to be so in and that's three a, levels of heaven <laughs> right well <laughs> the, the you know the the wild thing is my my folks especially especially my mom but my dad too they you know they struggled pretty at least i mean i'm, I'm this is how I received it, but I, I think they kind of struggled a little bit with my, you know, my kind of my exiting away from those core beliefs that, you know, that they hold so dear. So, you know, it's like their son that they, you know, taught to believe in heaven and hell and Jesus and all that, you know, all of a sudden is like evolving and not really believing in heaven and hell, but, you know, still loves Jesus, but not like in the same way that they do. And yeah, as I started to really change, they, it definitely, I could just tell they, and it, and it what's wild is it's out of a pure heart. Like they, in their mind, they think they're right and they know the truth. Therefore yeah. any differing view is wrong. And it's like, it's like in their mind, it's like I'm headed towards the edge of the cliff and they're trying to save me from going off the cliff into the depths of hell. Like, so I get like, I, at a very baseline, it, yeah. I get it. What, but it's like, yeah, you guys are, in, you're, you're so sincere, but you're sincerely wrong, you know, because what you think, you know, <laughs> with you, such certainty. Wrong. Yeah. Like I love you and you're so certain, but you're certain wrong because you feel so strongly about what you believe that you think I need to believe it too. And, and the, the thought of, you know, you guys here in Kansas city would have the ultimate knowledge of the entire universe and yeah. the afterlife. 
is just good on you. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow, you've got it all fucking figured out and you know what I need to believe in order to figure it out. Like you, I just, again, my brain doesn't even work that way anymore. And I, it's so weird for me to even say the words that I'm saying because I was so adamant Lee. You, yeah, you were there. You uh, yeah. Were there. Like I believed it. I believe that Noah built an ark and two of every fucking creature on the earth walked to the ark to be saved. And I believe that Jonah was swallowed by a fish and lived there for three days. And, you know, I just, I believed I, you name it. I, Jesus was born I, of a virgin. I was there. <laughs> I was there. I was with you. I was, you know, I was, what you, th what do you think got me to church at 5 a.m. in the morning on a, <sighs> on a Monday through Friday before school. And, you know, that was, I believed it. I mean, a lot of parents made their kids go, but my parents didn't make me go. They did me not either. make me. Yeah. Well, there were certain Sundays me. my parents did make me, but no, I, I was into it. Here's what's funny, Stacy, Cause this is, this is where you and I share such a, an interesting, uh, perspective or an interesting thought that some people can't experience. I, it's like I'm divided in, it's like my memory of a past life. It's, I can, you could ask me a question mm -hmm. and I could give you the evangelical answer. But as I would be saying it in my brain, I'd be like, that's fucking bullshit. Like, <laughs> I like I don't believe what I'm even saying. Yeah. It's like, I could still preach. I could go to whatever. Joe Lowstein's church. I could go to Joe. He could ask yeah. me to speak. I could jump up on stage and preach a message that everybody loved. Everybody was like, "Woo, Timmy was awesome. Yay. But it's not anything that I believe anymore, but I still have all that same. You have all that knowledge. Like, right. Like you could teach on the levels of heaven, but you'd be like, I don't believe this, but <laughs> here's what. Yeah. I, I feel it. It. I know you said it feels like, you you have it it's still so close for me it feels so far yeah like it's like i i find myself like remembering things and oh i forgot about that or i forgot about oh wow you know like but it was ingrained in me but there's a part of me that feels like it's literally another lifetime ago like so so far yeah and i i do find myself though like when people have it wrong about Mormons, I'm like, no, 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 that's not what it is. Like, let me tell you what they believe because I also don't want to, I'm not putting, shining a bad light on them. They, yeah, you're I'm being very gracious. A good light. I'm not shining a bad light. I'm just how it, how it, I'm just giving you the truth, you know, or right. at least what I, my version of the truth is. But so, yeah, it just feels like, was I, I was really in that. Wow. Like I was in it. Like I, the perspective I have now is so, I can't even believe that. Like, it's almost like I fell for it. You know, <laughs> when you grow up in it. I so resonate up, with what you're saying. Like I grew up in it, but like, I also fell for it at the same time. Like I, you know, early on and the signs were there when I was watching my friends, screw their boyfriends and then come to church and act like they're like goody two shoes. That was, I was like, what is happening? What is what, like, cause you were probably really <laughs> trying to live it. I was yeah, like, me too. I was totally like, I didn't want to drink caffeine. I wanted, you know, it was like, I was really, it, I, 
And then if I did anything a little bit wrong, I felt guilt. Oh man. Yeah. So yeah, it's just, it is like another lifetime, but I do when people will have be great, really wrong about something. I'm always like, well, that's not really what they teach, but this is what, you know, so I, I do, I will defend that, but it's, they go, are you I'm like no I'm not Mormon because I don't believe that anymore so I I was Mormon I'm Christian like if that's what but I'm like I don't I I would not ever say I'm Mormon like that's not who I am anymore you know I am not part of that well well, you were I'm like yeah it's not like when you're Catholic you're Catholic Uh, yeah once you're a Catholic you're it's like it's like a race if you're a Catholic, exactly. you're a Catholic. You're a Catholic. You're a Catholic. Yeah, whether but you ever Mormon, darken the door, I, you're a Catholic. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Mormon anymore. I, I, I would not claim to be because I don't follow their principles. So there you go. <laughs> right, and <laughs> that's I think, who I am. And I think know? Mormonism. I think, at least, uh, from what I know, you can correct me. You know, evangelical Christianity or Christianity. Let's just not evangelical. Let's say Christianity. That's a huge scope. I mean, mm-hmm. there. You can be Christian and not believe in heaven and hell. I mean, that's a that, like if there's a scale of, I don't know, fundamental. If there's a big, yeah, it's big. a conservative <laughs> and liberal. Yeah, within the Christian church, like like I was raised in a very conservative branch of Christianity, where you know, no drinking, no smoking, no masturbation, no no no, no anything, right? No sex because like it, Mormon, it led yeah, to dancing, like right? Yeah. <laughs> and then on the other end, there's like an American Baptist group or an Episcopalian where they're more open. You can drink, you can smoke, or you can, you know, believe in science and be a quote unquote Christian. So my initial kind of coming out, I was like, I don't even know if I'm a Christian anymore, because if I have to say, I believe in all the shit as literal, and I also can't drink, smoke, cuss, you know, have sex before marriage, like, nope. I'm not, I'm not going to live out. a hypocritical life. Yeah. Like I'm out. If I, if I have to either lie, I'll never forget this when I, so I was a part of a, and I won't call them out by name, but I went to a couple different particular seminaries and the second seminary I went to and I graduated from, got a diploma from, from with a theological degree and pastoral ministries. When I, then they ordained me. So I was ordained by them. Well, I was a pretty, you know, like you said, I was an early, I was pretty rebellious anyway. I was pretty on the edge and, and stuff, especially with my exterior. Like I taught my Bible teaching was pretty conservative, but my whole, everything else was very edgy. And Mm -hmm. like, I would open up the church service with the worship team would play Bon Jovi living on a prayer. (laughs) I mean, like, like, like we would, we would just do shit like that. We were just very cutting edge. And I remember I got a call from the seminary because I, my papers were with them and they mm-hmm. said, Hey, we needed to, you know, we needed to stop, you know, saying that you drink a glass of wine and, you know, like we can't have you, we don't, you know, that's a sin and we can't have you. What? Yeah. So I had to walk away from the group I was a part of for all these years because I couldn't be authentically me. You can't drink and be a minister with this group. And oh and I gosh. and I wouldn't be allowed to do same sex ceremonies too. That's when I definitely was like, fuck you guys. Love is love. Yeah. Up yours. God created I'm them. Out. Yeah, God yeah. created them gay. Fuck you. You're an idiot. And I just, you know, I was like, no, I'm I'm not gonna associate with some kind of bigoted, fucking hypocritical Christian group. Are you kidding me? Yeah. No, that's absolutely <laughs> not gonna happen. So Stacy, I'm also so um, 
and talk, this has been a long time coming talking to you. I, I remember, I don't know if I told you this, but I remember you were referring to the, the, uh, dinner or lunch that we did at, at Tanner's several, many years ago now, but Jeff uh-huh. had told me, he goes, man, uh, through a text or something, he goes, man, my wife loves you. <laughs> I was like, really? She goes, yeah. She like watches your videos and, and you know, that, and I said, oh, I'm like, so I'm so flattered, uh, that, that when he told me that, I was like, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I, I, was, I, you know, cause I remember, I don't know when I heard your name first. It might, who knows? We might've been looking at a, um, a yearbook or something. And he was like, and then he'd said you were, I don't even, like, I just, you know how you can't remember it. It had to have been Facebook cause he's not on it anymore, but I think he was. And so then, you know, you just see, and yeah. And then we, you, you met us at, uh, at Tanner's and I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was like, he's so nice. Yeah. Oh. He's like, I know. I, you know, just having the same last name, I'm sure you guys all bring high school people. Like at first might have thought you were brothers yes. or cousins or something. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, I was at, uh, where was I at the other day? Oh. Whole Foods. Actually, I was I was in L.A. one time. It's a true story. I was in L.A. and I'm walking down the stars, you know, where they all the stars, whatever that in Hollywood or wherever that is. Yeah. And someone yelled out my name, Timmy Gibson. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, who? They're like, oh, my God, I follow you on Facebook. I watch all your videos. It's like it's like meeting a famous person. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Jesus, Lord, have mercy. I'm not famous. But but they had, you know, they had watched. They'd been following me for so many years that they only knew me on video so when they met me in real life it, it was just it is it was, yeah, it it was is just kind like, of like being starstruck yeah, it, it was, was like whoa so you know funny. oh my gosh oh yeah I was well so you know flattered. It, well and it's funny that you were saying about how like on the inside you were like spiritual but on the outside so you were just you, you finally matched your inside to your outside huh <laughs> that you know what Stacey, that's a yeah actually that's what happened i'm truly for the first time in my life, authentically me, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm authentically me. I, do, I don't have anything to hide. I I'm, I'm just, um, uh, and it brings me so much peace. You know, it's funny the, I've never really been a big ang- anxious type, anxiety type depression type person. That's thank God. I'm just, I don't know if I'm just not wired that way or I've been, I don't know. I'm just not really yeah, that I'm not given to that, but Obviously I'm human. I've had my moments. Um, but I can tell you for fucking for sure that that, that part of my life is so, it's just so different because I'm so integrated. I'm so like who you see is who you get. I will tell you, like, I'm so bluntly, I don't cover up and lie like, Oh yeah, I'm waiting until I get married to have sex. And then fucking girls on the side. No, I'm very open and honest about what I'm doing, how I'm living, you know, and I'm doing it within you know, morals. I mean, I'm not, obviously Absolutely. it's always consensual. It's always mutual. It's all, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm mean, like, I'm doing all the, I don't even matter of fact, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm even, I had a girl that I went out with, this is months, months and months and months ago now, but she got drunk and, uh, she had said something like, you know, I don't, I don't want to have sex on the first date. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. I don't either. It's fine. And, you know, she drank enough that she changed her mind and she, she did want to have sex. And I was like, yeah, no, no, you, when you were sober, you said no. So 
you're just going to sleep here on my couch. I'm going to sleep in my room <laughs> and we're not going to sleep together because like, no. You like, don't want it to be a mistake. And no. she'll be like, what did I do? Yeah. yeah. Well, I got drunk. You took advantage of me. No, I'm not going to be that guy. <laughs> no. So uh, I was the one that said no. And then, you know, of course she thinks I'm so, you know, in her mind, so precious now because She's like, oh my gosh, you were so sweet, you know, and, you know, and covered You're me like, up. damn it. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, dang it, I should have. <laughs> but no, but I, but I can, you know, I can sleep at night. I sleep like a baby at night because I'm, I'm living honestly. Uh, now how I live honestly for a right-wing fundamental Christian is definitely, you know, in their mind, probably living like the devil, but um but I'm living very authentically, very honestly, and I've I'm at peace with who I am. If if I died today, I have zero like fear or worry or paranoia about like, oh, will my life be approved by God? Like, no. Yeah, you are who you are. Right. And, I am who you know. I, he fucking made me. And if he didn't want me to be this way, then he shouldn't have fucking made me this way. <laughs> Good plan. Yeah, that's just it's like it's like the homosexual thing. I was an early, early adopter of that and supported gay marriage pretty early on, though everything about my nurture was the opposite, right? So I was nurtured that it was wrong. It was abomination, all that. But my nature was always like, no, that doesn't seem like seem right. Like, that doesn't yeah. seem right. So just because I was lucky enough, quote unquote, to be born heterosexual, which seems to be more normal, quote unquote, right? I'm being very whatever. Like yes. and my friend that was born gay and like but he can't live gay and he has to fucking live a lie in order for to get to be approved and by you and to feel like he's a good christian i'm like no no it's heartbreaking <laughs> it is so heartbreaking like yeah oh so heartbreaking. The Mormon religion is that that i i had a friend oh, they're anti-gay oh i just i i had a friend Ugh. who came out on and just said that which was so brave that, you know, she kind of knew her son was and told his story about, you know, he was just a solid kid served a mission, but that he would just, he was getting to where he, she was worried about his mental state. And I think they just were like, be you. And, and the church was very against it. And she wrote something and said, no matter what, I will stand by my child first oh. and foremost before, um, before I, you know, let a church tell me. And I was just like, I, I sent her a message and I was like, I feel for you. And I'm so proud of you for standing up. Like you're right. You, your kid is who you stand by, not the church, you know, it's heartbreaking, heartbreaking hearing the story. Cause I didn't know she kind of shared it on this. Um, I think Mormon, more some sort of a one, you know, Mormon group of people who have gay children. That yes. they even have to have a group like it's ridiculous, but it's, you know, it's like you should be able to be who you are and you shouldn't be suicidal because of it, you know? Oh my God. Absolutely. Have you, did you ever see the movie? I actually haven't seen the movie and I want to see it. Uh, but the movie called boy erased. No. Um, I'm clicking on it now. I'll, I'll send you the, the link to the, the trailer, but I definitely want to see the movie. Um, but the the cast is like a star-studded cast, like Nicole Kidman, Russell Crowe. Really? Yeah, it's called Boy Erased. It came out uh, in 2018. And 
Uh, I'm looking on. I'm I just looking. wrote it down. Oh, yeah. Boya raised. Let me just see if I can pull this up. What is the overview? What's it say here? Because it was a. Um, I oh, hear it pulled up. I haven't watched it yet, but I'm I, as I'm. I saw the trailer, and I'm like, oh my gosh, people need to watch this. The son of a Baptist preacher unwillingly participates in a church-supported gay conversion program after being forcibly outed to his parents. So it's it's basically the story. I think it's based on a true story, but it's uh, basically this kid is the son of a Baptist preacher, right? Mm-hmm. And he's gay, and his. You know, his mom and dad, Russell Crowe and uh, what's her face, Nicole um, Kidman, Nicole Kidman um, are the parents that, you know, send him off to this camp to have the gay you know, prayed away or whatever. And it's you can tell, like, I'm I'm a little hesitant to watch it only because I'm a fucking crybaby and I'll you know probably fall yeah, my eyes out too. just because that <laughs> kind of those kind of stories just touch my heart. One of my good friends growing up is oh, I'll just say his first name. His name is Maurice. A good friend of mine grew up. He was his mom was the pianist. No, I'm sorry. My mom was the pianist. His mom was the organ player at the church mm-hmm. we went to as kids. And he was always, you know, playing with Barbie dolls and doing makeup and stuff like that, where, you know, I was, you know, playing football and, and, you know, just a different, a different path. Um, mm-hmm. And we actually became roommates when I went off to seminary. This is crazy. I went off to seminary and he went off to the, to the same town, but went to the university. So I was same town. He went to the university. I went to the Bible school there. And so we were, you know, childhood friends. And I was like, dude, let's be roommates. So we, we roomed together. And, and it's just funny the, the stigma people are like, is your roommate gay? Does, does he like hit on you? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dude, he's gay, which means like, I'm not gay. So he's not interested in me. And the bottom line is I'm not interested in him. So like the moral of the story is it doesn't matter if he is gay. I, even if I saw him naked, like there's nothing. Even if, it's just like having a girl roommate. Exactly. You know? Like you're not indoor. You're not indoor. No, it's like, I just, no. Uh, anyway, so that was always such a, I, I remember. So I got kicked out of the first Bible school I went to, which they've, they've shut down. They went out of business, which is good. Good for them. <laughs> But yeah. the, the school I went to, it was called Central Bible College, was an Assembly of God Evangelical Pentecostal Bible school. It was fucking nutty. Anyway, the, the and, and the guy, you know, I got ratted out for drinking a wine cooler, and that's what got me kicked out, right? So you're, <laughs> you and I share our age, right? So I was drinking a California wine cooler, and, oh and or was it Bartles and James? Either way. The guy that ratted me out was actually fucking his girlfriend who, you know, he wasn't married to yet, but his dad was on staff at the, at the college. And when he got her pregnant, he asked her to marry him real quick and they hurried up and got married. And, oh, just so happened. She apparently got pregnant on the wedding night. <laughs> oh yeah. Cause God yeah. forbid. <laughs> right. God forbid that they would have had sex before they got married. Yeah. But anyway, so was- I got kicked out. He didn't. Isn't that crazy? Of course. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's that's the kind of shit that I was talking about. It's right. just like the part you know. of the hypocrisy. That that's that might have been the beginning. That might have been the kind of the beginning of when a lot of things started unraveling for me, even though I was still, you know, neck deep in it all. I remember seeing how I was treated. Like there was no, do you have a drinking problem? You know, why were you drinking? There was literally, it was, did you drink a wine cooler? Yes, you're out. 
Yeah. Like Bye. there was no, yeah, there was no, <laughs> right. There was no Christianity involved, like no graciousness, no mercy, no, you know, loving your enemy. No. Oh, you did drink. I want, you broke the rules. You're out. Like, yeah. I, uh, okay. Thank yeah, you for all I the just, love. Thanks for the, yeah. Thanks, thanks yeah. for the Jesus stuff. Yeah. Okay. I'm so glad you're a loving, accepting, you know, group of people. Yeah. What happened, you know, it, it, that it's just, it makes me feel like even more free knowing I don't have that, you know, thing around me doing that to me and making me feel that way and going to church and feeling worse about myself instead of feeling better. And, you know, like it shouldn't be that way. It shouldn't. And I'm just glad to be away from it. Yeah. So do you still, uh, and we'll bring this to a close. I don't want to keep you all morning. Um, <laughs> did you, so when you kind of started in your you know twenties, you started kind of, getting away from Mormonism, did you then kind of embrace some of the general, um, what like Christianity's type stuff? Like it's, and, and uh, my brain's kind of going all over the place because my memory of, of, uh, Gibby of Jeff, I don't remember him being religious at all. He was, um, so his mom's Catholic and his dad was church of Christ. And so he did, they did go to church, but he wasn't like, Okay. He wasn't super, super big, but he, he did get, I think he got baptized. Okay. Um, so he had older. a general, like, yeah, yeah I faith. believe God and Jesus and all that. Yeah. But that really wasn't, I mean, I think it wasn't like a huge topic of conversation, which is kind of odd to me. I mean, he knew what I believed and, or he knew where I came from in my family. But, um, so I, I think we were both kind of just like, um, newly married, newly surviving parents and just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. And that really wasn't on our radar as far as religion was concerned, you right. know? Um, but just, I had certain moral values that I carried with me, you know, just certain things that I, you know, I just, I always wanted to be truthful. I wanted to be a good person. I wanted to be accepting. I just had a lot of things that I carried through. And I think, and then we didn't really go to church a little bit, maybe with the kids. We, but we both couldn't get into the rock at church. Like that was a weird thing for us coming from singing hymns in church right? to like rocking out. So that was a weird, but we did go a few times. Our kids went to Bible vacation, Bible school and okay at different churches with their friends. And, and to this day, our kids kind of have, I, I don't really, they just kind of have their own thing but they don't really have, like, I didn't, I wouldn't say that they are, I would say they believe in God and they, but they don't, I didn't, I feel bad that they, I did at one point feel bad for not like teaching them. Like, you know, maybe you should have learned the Bible or this, but now I'm like, whatever they have life lessons, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. That I'm still trying to, uh, it sounds like it, you're further along than I am on some things. I just, uh, I almost feel like it's a lifelong, I've had to detangle, you know, so much and I've come so far. I mean, I, I definitely, everything I, I believe I'm not, I'm not like uncertain about, I mean, there's the things that you can't be certain about, like, obviously, is there a heaven or hell? I have no idea, but I'm so yeah, yeah. comfortable with that position. I'm certain of my uncertainty. I don't yeah. need to, I don't need to know for a lot of reasons. One, you can't know. <laughs> so like anytime when people talk about certainty, when it comes to things that literally you can't be certain about, 
I like my mind just kind of tilts, you know, like someone asked yeah. me the day, do you, and the way they asked it, of course, I don't like the way they asked it, but they were like, cause it was very combative. You don't believe in heaven anymore. You know, <laughs> it's like, okay, can you just retract that question and ask me, do you believe in heaven or what do you, what are your beliefs? What about do heaven? you believe? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's you know, basically what they were coming at me as is like, you should, why don't you? And so I'm going to attack you and, you know, and, and it, those kind of questions just boggle my mind because it's like, even when it comes to theology, people talk about theology and I've talked about this about my podcast before. To me, I find that humorous because what theology means is the study of God. And it's like, mm -hmm. okay, guys, you're not studying God. You're studying religious teachings. You're studying yeah, there's a the scripture. You're studying the Bible. You're, you're not literally studying God. You're studying like script, you know, scriptures or teachings. And I'm okay with that. I just, I just don't, you know, God, nobody knows we're all in search of this. Like we don't even fucking know ourselves hardly. How can we know, I know. a being that is so far beyond us and everybody has a different perspective. You think, you know, God Well, go talk to a Hindu. They also know gods and then go talk to a Buddhist. Well, they know God like, <laughs> And, and that's why I took that stance is I, I kind of like didn't have a, a spot because I didn't know where I was. You know, I was like, I didn't want them to have that, but I had, but I didn't know where to put them, <laughs> my kids, you know? Sure. And you're comfortable so where like, you are now. Like you feel a piece about your. Yeah. My situation in yeah, my life, yeah. and but I, you know, I taught my kids to be good people and have kind hearts and that's, basically all I could hope for, you right. know, to be good friends and to be good to their friends and or to be a good friend and to be kind. And that didn't take a religion to teach them that you yeah. just have to be, you know, you don't have to be involved in an organized religion to learn to be a good person. And that, that was where I had to come to terms with. I didn't need to have them in a place, you know, a structure of a church to, to, but that was hard because I felt like, oh, am I, am I taking something away from them? I had a stability. I had a, you know, a virtual four walls of comfort, but really it wasn't. It was, like I said, <laughs> I, sure. was, I was guilt and guilt ridden and all that. So I didn't want that for them. So that's why I just kind of took the opposite. Like, yeah. well, I think it's almost approach. what Jesus taught, you know, when Jesus was having, uh, you know, a lot of his, uh, run-ins were with religious people <laughs> ironically <laughs> uh, yeah this is when he had confrontations it was with religious people the religious structure of the day and i find it funny but you know jesus was talking with the pharisees and basically in a nutshell he was saying that you know you guys are all concerned about the outside of the cup and what you know being clean and pretty but what what matters most is what's inside the cup and i to me i look at that as like who we are and so mm -hmm. again not that my not the evangelical church not that they teach this this directly but this is how i took it anyway was that it's appearances you know it doesn't matter what you do behind closed doors just make sure that your facade on the outside like so make sure you're keeping the the, the everything's clean on the outside don't open up any closets you know you keep it all clean on the outside so that it looks like you know, like don't have the alcohol out on the counter, fucking hide that shit. It's okay that you drink it. <laughs> just don't put it out. Like, you know what I mean? And that, that sounds yeah. a little goofy. I don't know if that That's resonates true, with you. Though. No, it, it is. It's, you know, come to church in your 
lower Ashley dresses and your to your neck and down your sleeves, but it's almost God like you're forbid. forced to hide. I, I, at least for me, I felt I couldn't be really me. Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I couldn't truly like, just like, I, honestly, I, I've said this before. You've probably heard me say it on the podcast. I, it's almost like I am heterosexual, but it was almost like I was born gay and trying to live a heterosexual life that I, and, and I, that's mean, how it made you feel. It made me feel like I was trying to live a religious life, though I was born to be more free spirited and spiritual, but, but, but I was forced to try to con to conform to a religious standard that I was just not born to conform to. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Totally. And I, I probably wouldn't have, I didn't recognize that definitely when I was, when I was in it, but being outside of it, I, I had this feeling of like, Oh, I can be myself. Like, Oh my gosh, like I can like, it's almost like a breath. of like, I can be relieved. I don't have this pressure on me and I can be me I can and be it's okay. Yeah, I can, it's okay. Well, cause I'm okay. Yeah. I am, you know, that that's my, so my friend that I referenced that I went to, uh, high school or went off to roommates with my gay friend mm -hmm. when he told me when he finally accepted that he was gay and just said, this is who I am. This is how I'm going to live. This, he said he felt so free and I'll be honest, this is way back when. So now that resonates with me big time, you know, then, you know, I was still under that goofy teaching. So I had, I still loved him and I still treated him like everything was normal, but you know, inside I was like, Oh, but inside you know, you're like, that's not right. He's he deceived. He's that. wrong. You know, I mean, I thought that I think privately, but, but I also had this internal struggle that I felt like there was something right about his journey too. So, you know, now <laughs> 30 some years later, it all makes sense to me because yes, living truly authentic to who you were created to be is freeing and it does mm -hmm. produce a more happy, fulfilled life. And so when people see me living like I'm living and being who I am, it seems so contrary to the person I used to be. And it's like, yeah, because I was never living fully my true authentic self. I was to an extent, I mean, my, you know, my ex knows me and, you know, my kids know me and they have good fond memories of me. And so, um, and even my daughter, I had just a wonderful talk with her and I don't want to betray any trust. So, but we just had a very, she came to me with just very, we had a real heartfelt like four hour conversation mm -hmm. and she, you know, gave me some of her perceptions and thoughts and things. And, and she even said, she said, dad, it, it's neat to see you being you and, and, and being so free. And, you know, it, it just, it was a validation. There was so, yeah, there was it, so it was so validating to be right. Someone else is recognizing that, you know, that is, you know, I think that automatically happens too, as you get older, because you don't have patience to be hiding anymore, but right. I don't give a fuck what that, people think. <laughs> yeah. Now I'm just like, really? Like, uh, <laughs> I'm like, I don't have the energy. <laughs> no. Like, you don't like it. I'm sorry. Like, yeah. you know, but, but it, like you said, it is nice for your kids to notice that especially your daughter, you know, yeah. To yeah. Be happy for you. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. Um, I wish it on everybody. I mean, I, I wish more than anything. It's one reason why I live somewhat publicly, you know, through 
you know, podcast and people are like, I can't believe you say that. You're like, I could never say that, you know? And I'm just like, yeah, but you know, I, I, another pastor friend oh, well. of mine that, yeah, <laughs> I have a good friend of mine that pastors a church in a particular city. He has like a couple thousand people at his church and, and he feels much like I do with many things that we've talked privately, but he's like, I can't, I can't admit this to the church. He goes, I'd get fired or they church would split up. And I'm like, wow. Like it's so hard. You're li- like, you know, and I, and I don't, I'm, I try not to be judgmental of him. Cause I'm like, Hey, you, you do you whatever. But, but it's like, I want him to be happy and fulfilled. And yet he can't be honest. He, you know, he drinks in secret. It's all private. he even smokes weed, but he can't tell anybody about that. He, you know, it's like, <laughs> You know, it's like he looks at porn and he can't honestly, you know, yeah, it's like just exhausting. I that's know exhausting. I lived there. I lived that life, Stacy, And I just never, ever, ever. That's why when people think I'm, yeah. I'm backslidden, like, I'm not going back. I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not backslidden. Y'all. I am not backslidden. And the reality is it's not like I'm living in a van down by the river and shooting up, got meth, meth needles hanging out of my arm. It's not like I left the church and became this reprobate. Um, and I think that was another thing. And it's taken about two years for people to recognize. They're like, Oh, well, Timmy didn't like You're lose. Still you. Yeah. He didn't lose his fucking mind. He's, he's still doing everything that he was doing and still teaches and still a positive, whatever. You know, I think they thought I was going to wind up a derelict, you know, living, yeah. <laughs> living in a fucking whatever. And it's like, no. being a hooker. And I know Timmy's a fucking whatever. porn star. Did you hear about this? <laughs> 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 like no, that um, no, that's not what I'm doing. Yeah, and 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 if that did happen, then whatever, right? Right, like, exactly. Tim Timmy's a porn <laughs> star now. Like that's just what he's doing, and that's you know that's where I'm at in my life. Literally, I did some photos for a girl the other day, and um, and uh, kudos to her for being so honest because I knew I was going to do photography for her for her OnlyFans page. And she was like a hairdresser, but you know, because of the COVID thing, she had to find other ways to make money and she's a, you know, a single mother. And, and so we were talking and getting ready for pictures and, and all that. And she said, um, you know, I said, well, what else do you do for a living? She goes, well, I'm an escort. And I go, I was like, what? I was like, what? what? I was like, really? And she goes, yeah. I said, good for you. And I like fist bumped her. And I was like, you know what? I said, thank you for just telling me that. She goes, well, not, yeah, she was like, it, it is, well. it is what I do. She goes, you know, it's like, I got to make ends meet and, you know, just cause I got, got a kid, and, you know, and I need the money and this was better than going to work at target for 10 bucks an hour. And, and I was like, you know what, whatever, like whatever. you do yeah. you. Wow. And she's a wow. sweet girl. Like she lit, like you would never, never know it. You would never know it. Like you would never you know, know that's what she does. Resourceful. Yep. Well, that's all you can say. You yeah, know? she's pretty and she's and built she's pretty well. Pretty and yep. cute, and yeah, she's using her resources. And yeah, I mean, you got to do what you got to do, and yep. you can't be. Yeah, and I wouldn't. I don't judge. I'm like no. whatever. Yeah, it works for you. Yeah, clearly, like, I wouldn't wish that judge, on my right? daughter. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't. I wish there was another way that she could make money because it, you know, it hurts my heart because she is a sweet girl, and you know, and I know yeah. how men are, and I'm like, Ugh. just the thought of it all, you know, it it it, yeah, it saddens but, me. But 
she also has free choice and free will and yep. she's not forced into it. Nope. You know? And she's expensive. So because <laughs> I asked her, I said, can I just ask like, how much do you charge? I was like, what the fuck? I would sleep with women for that price. Dear Lord, I could be rich. Anyway. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tempt me. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Stacy, gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to end the podcast, but we'll stay on the phone here for a minute. Um, but seriously, thank you so much for, uh, you know, sharing some of your journey and some of your story and, and, um, sure. yeah, fun talking to you. Yeah. So cool. So everybody, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, thank you, Stacy Gibson for being on the show. Peace out.